Welcome to this episode of Tech Lasso. My name is Chris Hong. I'm here with Kathy Rodriguez. Hi. Today, we have two special individuals. We have a parent, Jared Tafua. Hello, everyone. And micro-influencer, Pamela Price. Hello. Never call me a micro-influencer again. Just kidding. <laughs> to discuss social media and just having a discussion about it in all walks of life. The thing about Pamela is she does not like the term influencer. The term influencer does have a negative connotation now. It has to do with a lot of people thinking, hey, I can get free stuff. And by getting free stuff, I can promote it. When in reality, look, everyone's trying to work their hardest and they're trying to promote something. With you, Pamela, when it comes to when it comes to influencing, why do you use social media? I use social media because, I mean, I like to think that I use it for a positive pathway as a positive platform. You know, I think a lot of people that are in fitness, especially in the Southern California community, they connect on social media. Like, how do I know there's a trail run going on in Pasadena with the Pasadena Pacers? It's usually through social media. And then, you know, when I when I started to speak out about my rare disease with Ninja Warrior and, and not really with Wipeout, I used social media to connect with different people that had the same disease. Bichette's disease around the world. And that's how I connected with them. It wasn't through like, it's not like I could pick up my phone and say, Hey, Sally in Ireland, we have the same disease. She found me because I started talking about it on Instagram. And then in turn created this community of people that could relate to one another. And I think that social media is a lot about like relatability and, uh, and finding, you know, your community. I, I like to think so. That's why I use social media. Very cool. And for the audience, so if you're not aware, I'm going to let you know now. Pamela Price is an American Ninja Warrior. She was on the show and she was on the show Wipeout where she made it to the finals. But I think you tore your rotator cuff. Uh, actually, I the finals of Wipeout was it was a relay where I was shot out of a human um, cannon, a rocket. And then I got through my relay and then my teammate broke his, snapped his foot from his ankle, like fully. Oh no, that okay. sounds awful. Very last step of the last obstacle. And we would not have run the $25,000 anyway, because we were a few minutes behind for my fault. <laughs> I'm going to blame me you on your partner for breaking his foot. We'll go with that. Yeah. And no, I never saw John Cena. I don't think he exists. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so why do you think there's, when it comes to influencing, why do you think so many kids or so many people are trying to get into it? I think, and I, and I know you said that I don't like the term influencer. And I think it's because it has to do a lot with the culture of like, I can become a professional at anything without going to school, without gaining a portfolio, without getting a mentor and learning your craft. We live in a world where you watch a YouTube video for 10 minutes and you're like, I can be a professional chef now. And now I'm going to start an account called Baking with Betty and I'm an influencer. <laughs> That's, I mean, I just don't think that that is the way we should be using the platform. I think kids, maybe in terms of like teenagers and, and tweens become influencers because they see people like the Kardashians or like even, you know, a lot of these girls I don't even know when they have their own reality television shows getting the limelight. And so for them, an influencer is celebrity. Like that is their synonyms. So like when we thought, oh, celebrity growing up, Marilyn Monroe, Julia Roberts, Brad Pitt, their celebrities are influencers and that's what they want to be. 
I mean, what do you what do you think, Jared? Like you're a parent, so you see what they what they want to be. Yeah, and I and I was gonna ask you that question because there is like uh, ones that I do kind of follow or uh, come upon where it's like the one girl that becomes a jump roper, right? Like so they start with a specific task and then now they become like the jump rope influencer and then become sponsored that way. Like, what is your opinion on that? I totally respect that because they had a, a basis, they got some attention. And then I think I was listening to some podcast about influencers, they were a skateboarder or something, and then they ended up getting sponsored and all of that. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about social media is that you can connect, you can be an individual in Kansas and connect with a company like Quicksilver. So in that regard, I think it's really positive. And there's, so, I mean, there's so many different types of influencers. So what is your take on like the video game influencer, those people that are just, you know, just sitting playing video games and not to say it's not a skill or a talent, because I'm not really good at video games. But <laughs> I mean, that's, that's another thing, right? It really is. I think that there are different niches and categories on social media. I maybe when I say I don't like the term influencer, it's when you have somebody that isn't using their, their base for good to inspire somebody. So if you're not doing that, like, I mean, you could like inspire somebody to like put a bikini on and go to the beach and just take bikini photos. But like, if that's all your content, you're not really giving, it's just Sports Illustrated. It's funny that you're talking about the video game stuff because I was just at a video game conference or esports conference in San Diego as a presenter. And there are lots of individuals there and there are lots of students and kids and adults there now. It's insane how how much video games have blown up. I watch some of those streamers on Twitch or on YouTube and I just watch them and I don't know if they really influence, like you said, in a positive way. I think there's one guy he's known for just quote unquote raging, but he has so many people following him, so many people watching him. And I kind of think for me as a parent, I don't know about you, Jared, as a parent, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to shut this off now because I don't want my kid to see it. Yeah, because that's, that's the other thing is like the balance, right? So it's like the mental health on those things from from you, the creator, right? I don't know if you come a, a, across this a lot, Pamela, like, do you have to put on a show every time you put the camera on? Are you yourself? Is this, uh, you know, are these guys in video games? Are they like screaming so they can get more views? It's funny. I didn't I didn't know that the term is it rager, you said? A rager, someone who gets angry and yells for whatever wow. reason. I guess their personalities, they're definitely trying to get the hits. And that's the whole point of social media. And I think gaming is that because I see that there are videos where people watch people play games. And that that is a huge like subculture and even a profession, which is incredible. I, I know that there's a lot of negativity in that space. There was a documentary about, you know, because you can connect and play with somebody somewhere else. And then they were they were doing pranks and calling the cops on different people's homes where they were playing games. I know that there's a term for that. And, and then the cops went to the wrong home and there was, you know, and somebody got killed. There's a lot of danger in the space of, I think, online gaming and obviously social media as well. You know, I think it's hard to be like, who, who are you talking to as well? But then on the upside of like of these this younger generation being in the gaming space, they are going to understand the future of like the metaverse. They're going to it's going to be easy for them to put on VR goggles and get into an event and, and click in. Whereas like for me, I'm just like, where what am I doing? Where am I going? You know, and that is where the future of a lot of communicating is going is in the metaverse. If we if you agree, I don't know if you guys agree with that. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, like it's 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 that face to face that I think people were missing. And so I mean, like if we if we went back to so both of my kids 
Uh, one was in second grade during the shutdown. The other one was in sixth grade during the shutdown. Just them being online away from people. It, I mean, a lot of their friends got it hit pretty bad, but even my my girls were missing just that that interaction. I mean, I know there are people that do better in a virtual world and, and those people will probably do very well in the future in that sense, but it's really hard to get away from the human contact that I think everyone is going to need. I know there's a lot of research behind just being on the screen all the time and how COVID actually put our kids, I think they're saying like two or three years behind socially and developmentally, which is why I think a lot of teachers and parents are struggling with the kids in school now because those kids missed out on like, depending on where you live, a year and a half, two years of social interaction that they would have had otherwise. I'm curious if you guys have like a timeout time, like that's it. You've had enough, like every day you can only use this amount of social media and then like go play outside. After school, she has to do her homework and read for X amount of minutes before she's even allowed to touch any electronic device. Any electronic device gets shut down at 6 p.m. until she goes to bed. That makes sense. And I guess I'm the bad parent then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my kids are on electronics a lot, but they're doing different things. My eldest daughter, she's really into drawing. So she's on her iPad a lot, but she's doing like the just creating because she's really into anime as well. So she does anime character drawings and things like that. And then my younger one, who's really into K-pop right now, she turns off the screen just so that she could listen to music. And like, she's downstairs right now dancing to K-pop songs. So like, she's still using that activeness of it. And like, it's still a screen that's in front of her, but that's kind of what her activity is now. I think that's different. I think that's, I think that's great because it's, it's not, they're not scrolling. Like she's dancing, she's learning choreography. and, And then the other one is sketching and drawing because really the iPad now is the sketchbook of like 1995. You know? So yeah. that's, so yeah, no, that's definitely, you're the good parent too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Been, you know, a lot of negative press about social media taking over students' lives and they're spending too much time and the kind of information that they are creating is maybe not so positive. And I wonder if you could comment on this, this trend and the, the relationship to, you know, mental health? There is always a negative route, I think, you know, I mean, with anything. And so on social media, it really depends, I think, probably for for parents to police what they're seeing. You know, I think that there's a lot of, it really depends on how you use it and how you want to use it. You know, I mean, if you want to sometimes just look at people baking bread, you know, that's sort of just an escape. And it, and then there's all the negative stuff as well. And I think that it's up to us to to basically just weed those out for, for the children around us and, and the kids in your lives. So algorithm based that it's based on whatever you like or you share. So if you really want to please your kids, you can go into and see what they're liking. You could, you could also like increase the liking of things that you want them to see. So I know that some people just, you know, like positive things for their kids so that that's kind of the feed that they build for them versus, you know, something that's not appropriate for them. And so mm-hmm. you might not be able to see everything that they do, but you'll see what they like. Have you, either of you seen anything that, that indicates to you that teachers are embracing the use of TikTok and using it? for either some kind of classroom instruction or maybe just on a personal level. Maybe teachers are commenting or they're talking about something that has to do with what's happening in their classroom. Have you seen a lot of that? I haven't personally. My wife is a teacher. She teaches sixth grade. She, she does get see some of the negative side of things, but she hasn't actually integrated it herself. 
the kids that she's with, they're definitely watching or experiencing more things than I ever did back in the 80s. And it, so just saying on this TikTok and just social media in general, what are your opinions on banning it? Because there have been states that have basically outlawed TikTok. Um, I think no matter what, you know, if they ban TikTok, somebody's going to buy it or copy it and it'll it'll come back in a different shape or form. So, you know, I mean, that's really just a control of content and obviously security, you know, and the, the fear of, of the U.S. government security. So I think uh, should it should it be banned? Like I said, it's going to it's going to come back in another way, shape or form. So <laughs> they're going to figure it out. You know, everybody will just sort of migrate more back to Instagram. Jared, ban TikTok or no? I don't think it should be banned. I mean, everyone kind of like should kind of police their own kids in a way or just make sure that they take care of your household. I mean, again, like TikTok wasn't even originally what it was. TikTok was one of those apps that was just originally like people doing dances and then sharing with people and then copying that dance and then kind of grew from there because Vine went out of business. So then Vine went to TikTok, like the Viners went to TikTok and, you know, that definitely hit a lot of people's pocketbooks. And so once it starts hitting pocketbooks, the tech world's going to find another way to do the exact same thing because they've, they've with uh, what they learned with TikTok, I believe they have the formula so they could just repeat it just using yeah. something else. Yeah. And I think that, you know, social media platforms have allowed a lot of people to create income resources, even yeah. in Los Angeles, it's almost turned into like a Yelp for people. There are people that are sharing restaurants and local exhibits and, you know, and places to go and see. And so then people go because they saw that TikTok video or that Instagram reel. So it's become almost like, I don't know if you guys remember Zagat Guide. Zagat, oh, yeah, yeah, Zagat yeah, 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 Zagat. Yep. It was a printed book that in every city had the top restaurants. And my dad right. used to carry it around. And now social media is that. Like, I mean, I, re- I even, I tried a restaurant six minutes down the street. I was looking for a place for oysters. And on Instagram, I was like, do you guys still have the clam chowder? Like, just, I saw that, you know, I was looking at the photos. So in in a way, like, you know, TikTok is good for local findings and, and, and city exploration as well. I mean, on a positive front. I love the idea of that for people being able to have a quick way to be able to give a review like that. Maybe down the road, we might see reviews happening through through AI, where you would point your phone at a restaurant and a TikTok video would come up. There's There are some positive things. That, yeah, I um, think in the negative space, and I can't, I have experienced it, is the bullying on social media, which mm-hmm. I'm curious what the gentlemen have to say about that, because I can't imagine what school would have been like for me, you know, or for any, like, because I, we didn't have the social, the social media. Now you know how old I am, the social media. Um, we didn't have social media. So have you guys experienced bullying, you know, my, with your children? Fortunately, yeah. Fortunately for Mike. Yeah, so my, my oldest is a freshman in school. Fortunately, she kind of just takes, stays off of it. So anything that she posts online has been just kind of her artwork, but she does keep it private. And then any kind of communication she has is through discord. So she has group chats and things like that. So she's not uh, opening up herself to to you know just things from other people that even in from the same school it's just the same group that she kind of hangs out with whereas there was my younger one there were friends like you know they just had drama and amongst the girls and so they kind of just have to like stop 
talking to them, kick them out of a discord or created a separate group to kind of avoid any of that bullying and stuff like that. Every school district, every district kind of develops their own policies for acceptable behavior online. And in some cases, they actually say that it it carries over to what you do online when you're not in school. I'm glad that districts are doing that. And I wonder, you know, if they're doing enough. Well, I, I, think it, I mean, I think at a certain point, it really comes down to like the parents as well when it because the school can't really control, you know, I mean, obviously what's going on inside the cell phones, they can control whether it's in your hand, but they have to focus on this on the teachers and, you know, and, and, and the programs that are happening in real life, mm-hmm. whereas it's, the fa- it's really the parents that have to implement that, you know, well grounded, like Jared's children sound so like they have a great head on their shoulders. And so they really utilize whatever they have in the tech space for for their own inspirations, you know, and their hobbies. That's good parenting. You know, I think I really think it takes two to tango in the system in terms of in terms of social media and and bullying and everything being under control. It takes the school system and the parenting. Should teachers become influencers? Like, should they be the ones where it's like, oh, I want to be that teacher. I want to be a student of that teacher because I've seen their videos, you know, like kind of constantly. I want to be in their grade. And this is what I know what they're going to be doing. This is what I know they're learning. Um, I guess, what's your take on that? You see them on the news sometimes, you know, the local news, and they're like, teachers making class fun, teaching, you know, I mean, the same way you see like, you know, police officers and fire, fire, uh, fire department officers doing uh, doing fun things and implementing it into into social media. Um, I think it's yeah. I think teachers should make it fun if they. I mean, you know, it's a part of our world now, and it's really not going anywhere. The same way that in universities and colleges, there are now careers that are social media managers. There Absolutely. are companies that are social media, and they're making a lot of money. I know. You have, a, you have an agent. I mean, look at CAA, you know, one of the biggest talent agencies in the world. They're signing, you know, influencers and influencers. And uh, and it's just it's it's a part of the world. So now it's all it's it's a new category. And so teachers do probably have to get with the program. They got to well, get. With- I think that both of you would be happy if you go on to YouTube. You're going to see a lot of teachers who are doing just that. Yeah, they're sure. on there, they're they're teaching, yeah. they're talking about technology tools that they've used and that they found. They're doing some short, you know, five to 15 minute videos on a particular technology tool. And I'm thinking, okay, the, these are teacher influencers. These are people who are influencing the way I use technology because I'm looking at my peers and I'm going, oh, okay, they're recommending that. Uh, maybe I better check that out. You know, maybe I need to learn more about that i don't use tiktok i'm embarrassed to say it's okay me neither my cat no, has i don't either i have to check it out that's my cat that's it chris i'm really curious if you've had because you teach people basically how to use technology have you had teachers come to you ever and say hey can you help me with this i've had teachers ask me many a different questions on different types of technology and how to utilize it i think Social media, though, is one of those unique ones because it's such a broad topic or broad spectrum now between YouTube to Twitch to Instagram to Facebook still, I think, to 
TikTok and all that. That yeah, there's so many now that it gets really complicated. And I also think it's dependent on grade level. Because there's a lot of different rules in place and laws in place that educators have to adhere by, whether it's the FERPA, the COPA, or any of those laws where it's, look, you can't use it because of the kids we're trying to protect. Or you can use it, but you need permission from every single one of those kids and their families to go ahead and post it. So it becomes really sticky. Like for my daughter, she was really, really upset at me one year. This year, she was really upset at me. Because I said they could not use her voice, her face, or any pictures of her in any school promotion. So anytime there's an event, she has to stand to the side when they take a picture. And Mm -hmm. I feel bad, but at the same time, like, do you really need to be in these pictures that they're promoting? Yeah, you don't want her likeness used for... Yeah. Absolutely not. I feel so bad. Absolutely not. I'm curious about the parents that do put their children using these tools. The parents have the accounts because the parents are the ones that sign up for the account. And then they're letting their eight-year-olds go on and do whatever. And I'm thinking, why are you doing that? I I don't know. Well, there's that one, that that one toy kid, right? He was how old when he started making the toy uh, YouTube videos? He was like six, right? Yeah. He was six years old. I think, it, I think it also goes back to the whole, if we say no to it, our kids are going to get into it anyways. And so for that's the parents right. that I feel like are allowing the kids on the device, under their account, I think that's a way different scenario than a kid going ahead and creating their own. The parent and child are in tandem and they're learning to work it out together. together. And, I, and I feel like that's probably the best route because we can't leave it up to just educators to teach kids this stuff can't just leave it up to social media to teach the kids because if the kids are going to do it they're going to do it anyways i rather them do it with me as a parent like i rather my daughter do it with me than not do it with me right because she's going to figure it out i mean eventually but there are some some safety tips that i think i use i will never post my daughter's name anywhere if she's in a picture i will not post her name on anything and if someone posts a comment saying oh your daughter's so cute and they use her name i delete that comment instantly because i don't need people knowing her name I will always do what they call a later gram or a later post. So this is a tip for every family that's out there. It's if you're on vacation, don't take pictures and post it immediately because what's going to happen is people who follow you will know your place is empty and they will come and potentially break in and rob you. Not to say it may like it'll happen, but it's a potential. So I always do things a little bit later. And so those are like the two big things is never post names or identify information especially for a kid and to always do things at a later time I don't know about you Jared or Pamela and your thoughts on that yeah I mean I think like because I share a lot of the trails or the places that I run I used to share my Strava and I had a friend that said hey you really shouldn't be sharing that it's showing where you live I had a stalker at one point who ended up living in my building um, at the time yeah and he knew everything about me. I mean, you know, the, I we got cryptic letters that were like sort of like the Joker, you know, when Jim Carrey would send his character sent oh, the no. letters and it was like you plus me equals fast food. And I was like, this guy oh, knows no. like no. Yeah, and those I like Big Macs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, oh. anyway, so I'm pretty I'm I'm careful now. I'm also like as somebody that I know that I have kids of I do have kids follow me young cheerleaders I see, or uh, just younger athletes, people that are young ninjas, junior ninjas for a ninja warrior. 
who are 12 years old. So I, I have to be very conscious of like what I'm posting as well. Is this appropriate? And then having a, a, a paid athlete sponsor, you have to be equally as careful of the content that you're putting out there. Is this appropriate for children to see? Like, even if I'm on the beach in a bikini, like I do think about that. I'm like, I don't want this to be, this is not a, a thirst trap here. I know. <laughs> Is this appropriate for this podcast? No. Anyway. <laughs> Completely okay. But yeah, the like what you just said about um posting where you were, where you are, and then people coming to your home if you, they think you're on vacation or they know you're on vacation. I did not think about that. Yeah, I, I typically uh, yeah, I do like either a later post for the most part. My wife is definitely on that where uh if I'm out on a run, you know, for Ragnar, it's like a three-day thing. So if I'm posting immediately, then I'm not home. Fortunately, I'm not an influencer. So, but I mean, I should still be careful no matter what. And then, I mean, like for my kids too, like they just, I know it's kind of hard with my kids because I know they want to be out there. And I also want people to see my kids because we're so good looking. <laughs> I mean, just for the diversity's sake. I mean, I'm Hawaiian someone, my wife's Japanese Canadian. So if oh, other people could see that, you know, there's people of our skin color that are out there doing stuff, then it's kind of like a positive influence I see in that way. How long do you spend posting each day or when you're posting something? How much time actually goes into it? This is this is a sad answer because, and I'll say this, how social media has probably changed the ways people, like you're self-conscious of something, but you're even more self-conscious with social media. So you're, you're looking at it and you're thinking, there's always these memes that say, right, everybody watches their own stories over, but they're not really watching anybody else's. And it's because people are so into what they're putting out there. They're usually making sure that it, it looks good to you first. I try not to do filters because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a mixed, like, you know, Jared was saying, I put it out there. I'm a mixed Filipino Jewish girl, I have oh. hyperpigmentation and adult acne. And I'm not really trying to like put uh, a filter over that so that girls are like, oh, yeah, she's running with fake eyelashes. I'm not, you know. So I, I am pretty conscious of that. And I, in terms of timing, I do like to think it doesn't take me that long unless I'm doing a reels and I like deleted it or Instagram paused on me. <laughs> you know, I don't think it really, it doesn't really take that long. It's more like, you know, thinking about what it what it looks like or what the cover photo looks like, I guess, you know. How much and time do you spend on prepping? Like, uh, do you go a week in advance of like what you plan on posting day to day or just kind of like your workout routine or runs? And no, stuff? you know, I know with sponsors, like I'm working with the rock climbing sponsor, Butora Shoes. And so I do have like a contract where I do need to post quarterly. So I know I have to have like this rock climbing photo and with Boba, you know, they're so good to me that I, I just, I love to put the content out there and put contests out there. So I am conscious of what I'm giving to my followers. I notice that if I do post anything like personal life or something that's not running related, I actually lose followers like a significant amount. So people, you know, if you think about it, you follow a bagel account because you you like their bagel photos, you know. So the second they stop posting bagels, you're probably going to unfollow them. So, you know, once you have an account that is really just one specific type of content, people are going to follow you for that. And then you have to think about, okay, how am I curating this? And in that way, social media is a really odd, like, digital art exhibit that you're curating. If you think, I mean, I've actually never mm -hmm. said that out loud, because, but it, it makes sense. 
that that's what people are doing. They're curating it. Well, as a, as a user, I would say I would depend on you for that. That's why I would follow you because I would want to have somebody who knows more than I do about a particular topic and be able to curate that information for me because it saves me time. And I think that's really powerful because I think that's what people, especially educators, we are looking for ways to make our lives easier in the classroom, strategies, activities for kids, whatever, whatever the case may be. For advertising, I don't know how all that that goes on, but that's important for them as well because yeah, they, yeah. they want to reach a particular audience. They have, you know, their goals in mind for who they want to reach. I think it's really interesting now that people can make money for posting because that didn't, yeah, that wasn't happening 10 years ago. Well. You, yeah, I think that's awesome. But I love that the way what you said, because I think that is what your followers are depending on the ability that you have and your knowledge to curate the information so people can get what they're looking for. Yeah. And, and I mean, we spoke about this at the beginning. Um, also that I said that social media was a community and like what Jared just said, he said, I think it's important to show our faces because, because of their mixed ethnicity, right? You said Hawaiian, Japanese, Canadian. I mean, that's how I found a lot of Filipino. I really wasn't in touch with my Filipino culture or background at all until I met other Filipinos in the su Southern California, LA area. And that allowed us like to come together because we found each other and because we showed our faces and whatnot. Chris, I'm not saying that your daughter should be the face of Gap, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is important to see these people representing, you know, you don't always see, you know, you don't always see black rock climbers. That is a real thing. It's so true. if you're putting it out there, then you're going to make it some sort of norm for some kid that's going to, some black kid that is somewhere that wants to rock climb. So just thinking about your curation and I follow, so I do street parking, which has a huge following for people who do fitness. And one of the things I've noticed a lot about people who do street parking, not all of them, but a good chunk of them is they have multiple accounts where one is specifically for street parking and one is specifically just for their personal lives. And they will privatize their personal one, but the street parking one will be public so people can follow. Is this something you would recommend people to do? So that way, I don't like for me, I think it's cool. But at the same time, I feel like it's so much to manage. That is a lot to manage. Yeah, it's funny. A shout out to Miori and Gabe who are in street parking. I, I don't know if you know them as well. Yep, I know them. Yeah. Good friends of mine. Uh, yeah, uh, I was like, I know their street parking. I, I think it's a lot to have two different accounts. I had heard this term and you guys probably know it. Somebody was younger than me told me and they were like, oh, yeah, it's like an account that's like your personal one and nobody knows it. And then the other one is your public one. There was a term for it. I don't know the term. I'm just thinking, oh, it's a burner phone. Do you have a burner account and it's not like burner a burner account? account. That's, that's basically what it was. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, unless it, it, you're specifically putting like your business, putting out this content or like you have to put out this, you know, this type of because you're REI, you got to do your outdoor stuff, then just like post what you want to share. You know, it's it's basically a photo album and your little, you know, exhibit, your personal exhibit. I don't know. Would you guys have two accounts? It's a lot. I yes. have four. So that doesn't help. <laughs> do you four? Wait, you have four? I got to go oh, follow yeah. four accounts, man? <laughs> Well, because I have an account for like my board games, 
So there's a lot of people that don't want to see any of my board game playing because it's not very exciting. Then I have a one for my own business because I, I do photo and video for real estate and online content creation type stuff. And then I have my personal one. So keep that separate. And then I have one because I do photos for fitness. So it's it's separate. But I mean, it's I think it, it is they were all geared towards specific things. Yeah, now, all these accounts sense. are they on all platforms? So they're on Instagram, they're on uh, 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 TikTok. They, uh, uh, what's the other one? F Twitter? I don't know. Are so for me, what I what I've learned is like you just kind of stick with what your favorite one is, the one that you're going to be on. So all of them are on, on IG. Two of them have Facebook accounts, but they just basically feed from IG to that. Two of them have TikTok accounts. I feel like some of us do have. Wait, my cat has an account, but like. <laughs> You know, I just, it's like every now and then it's more for me to go back and be able to show people like, oh, this is my cat. You know, that all the photos are in one place because I can't figure it out on my phone. I never thought about that way that you, it's a way of keeping memories in a separate location. Mm -hmm. That's how I do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, my, my hobby, you know, the hobby account, the miniature stuff is it's so that I, when people are like, oh, show me your miniatures. I have this instead of, I have to be like, oh, let me find the photo. My girls with my Instagram, like my personal one, that's kind of the thing that they pull up to see memories of themselves from years ago. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, it's my birthday party here or something like that is from there because they don't want to look at the 10,000 photos I have on my phone. And what advice do y'all have for people trying to use social media? Like what's one big piece of advice that you would give anyone? Well, I guess because that's one thing that I want to kind of talk about because so there's like a CrossFit influencer that I follow, um, Craig Ritchie, and uh, anytime like he's really consistent as, as far as posting videos of things and events that come on, but then he's gone for like two weeks because he needs a mental health break. And so, I mean, I don't know if we if you want to talk about that, like, do you take breaks from posting so that you could kind of, you know, find a balance? I have. I definitely have. I have this rule where like if I'm at a restaurant and the person I'm with goes to the bathroom, I don't look at my phone. Tiny rules like that. Obviously, you really shouldn't look at your phone before you go to bed. It will disturb your sleep in some way. I was trying to think of like what that balance is because, you know, like in order to become a good influencer, we say that we need to create constant content for people. But like how much is constant? Like is it two, three? Is it four times a day. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't have a, I don't have a thing. Like, I, I don't think I, uh, like a hard post. I, I did a hard post the last week and then like mostly just stories. Like I think I have a taco story up right now, <laughs> you know, um, just like, I don't have any rules to it. And, and probably because I'm not, you know, there, there are people that are like, they have a plan. They have a calendar. Um, they know what their caption is. Mine is more like go with the flow. Okay, does this sort of go with my theme, right? Am I am, am I at a mountain? Is there green around me? Um, you know, you know, if I go off for for four days and I didn't do a hard post, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat myself up over it. And you shouldn't either. I would say like keep interactive. You know, if you're trying to be the influencer that's teaching people how to do pull ups, then you should probably be talking to people and be like, Hey guys, so it's Tuesday. We're going to try and do like one pull up today and then hold it, you know, interact with the people. What do you think? Ask me a question. As far as influencers go, should there be specific rules for influencers then and standards that they should live by and that we should hold them up to? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. 
I think the one question that we should all ask ourselves is, are we positively influencing people? If you only could recommend one tool that you would say, this is you have to, this is the one that you need to have an account for, which tool would it be? I would say Instagram. I think Instagram is the most impactful one. I get a lot of my news on Instagram. You know, I'll follow Asian America NBC so I know what's going on, Vogue Philippines, uh, you know, CNN, Entertainment Tonight, whatever it is. That you you get your headlines just like you get them on a on a newspaper and then you can also connect with your friends and your family if they're on there and then you can also see different parts of the world so i think that instagram is is definitely my top one instagram is my personal one but it kind of does depend on who i'm trying to get a hold of because all my aunts and uncles are on facebook so i kind of have to like keep that going and so when i'm posting family stuff that's the only time they ever comment on anything is through my facebook account tiktok i wouldn't say it's required but it's like if you want to know what your kids are doing or what they're looking at you kind of have to have an, a, a tiktok account everyone still has a twitter account but everything that is posted on twitter usually goes to instagram anyway i mean everything kind of funnels to instagram also has the widest range of ages it is definitely who you're trying to keep in contact with is is where what social media platform you should kind of be with. Would you like to share your social media handle? I want all of Jared's four social media. <laughs> My social media is Pam Adrenaline. Pamela, but adrenaline together fused. And I'm on Instagram. And that's like basically it. <laughs> My personal one is just Jared Tafua, but then... I have Havea Films, it's H-A-V-E-A-F-I-L-M-S. And that's what most of my real estate posting and just content that I create there. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you, Jared, for helping us out today, discussing social media and influencing and what to do and what not to do. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thanks for having us. Do the music. The Tech Lasso podcast is produced by the ITO coordinator team. We are part of the technology learning and support services department at the Los Angeles County Office of Education. This work is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. And use our response form to be considered for inclusion in future episodes. Let us know what you're thinking. Also, share your thoughts via Twitter at LACO underscore ITO and on Facebook at LACO ITO. Follow us on LinkedIn at LACO-ITO. Thank you.